Welcome to the Prescription Wellness Podcast with Dr. Angelique and Doc Mark, two healthcare practitioners ready to overthrow the status quo and bring sustainable wellness culture to the workplace. Why? Because health is really all you have. Welcome back, everybody, to Prescription Wellness Podcast with Dr. Angelique and Doc Martin. This is episode number five, and this month's theme is all about all about movement, getting out there, um, exercise. Um, not necessarily just talking about the gym either. Talking about all all sorts of movement, um, exercising with pain, and that's kind of today's topic. Is uh, is a lot of times people are afraid to exercise when either their back or their knee or some some joint in their body hurts, and and a lot of us throughout life are going to experience pain, and you need to know when it's okay to exercise with pain and when it's when it's one of those warning signs that you maybe probably should should get it checked out. So. Uh, I know the, the weather is getting a little bit warmer out there. I'm actually sweating inside with a fan on and it's February. It just kind of blows my mind. Um, did you get out and do anything exciting today and enjoy the weather, Angelique? You know, I didn't today. I'm well, okay, a little bit, but not like I would normally do. Like, you know, I love to get out there and I walk. And of course, my dogs, they see me like they put, I put on my tennis shoes and they're like, oh God, oh God we're going for a walk. And then when I don't walk them, they're really sad. So I kind of feel bad. I psyched them out a few times today, but no, I just kind of had a full plate today, which um, isn't particularly unusual, but usually I can fit in either my yoga or my walk. And, you know, I just didn't get to do that today. So I'm kind of bummed about it. I mean, I, I don't know. Like I, I can't even believe that it's, was it 70 degrees, something like that. And we're in mid middle February. Yeah. It's, it's crazy out there and it's supposed to get warmer uh, as the weekend goes on. Blows oh, my mind. That, 75 degrees in February. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, it's like, I feel, you know, I'm a native Californian, so um, this is not unusual for me, but I've also now lived in the, um, the middle of the country for, you know, 20 plus years now, and um, this is super unusual for us. I think last year might have been the winter <laughs> was a little bit mild also, but this is definitely warmer than even last year. Oh yeah, the 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 cats are enjoying it. They're outside sunbathing, and uh, they they don't get as excited when Ashley and I go on walks, but um, <laughs> they still get out there and enjoy the outdoors in their own way. Yeah, my cats have been lounging on all the deckware and um, you know getting it all furry. So I'm gonna have to go out there and like you know defuzz it before we start using it. But yeah, um, the groundhog. I thought I heard that they said something about it was supposed to be six more weeks of winter, but the groundhog is always wrong. I don't know what I don't I don't understand when he sees a shadow and when he doesn't how they determine that because he just he always comes out and looks like he doesn't care and turns around and goes back in. It, it kind of makes yeah. me laugh. <laughs> yeah, I think it's people just you know making up whatever they want to you know have it be. I I don't even understand it. And what blows my mind that it's like some big huge event. Yeah, yeah. there's all these people out there on Snapchat. I was looking at the different you know things going on around the world and huge thing about the whole Puxitani Phil thing. I'm going, are, really? I think I didn't know it was that much of a thing. <laughs> it seems like it's grown. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. And it yeah. just blows my mind. Yeah. We, we were talking earlier about how only in the U S will we believe a groundhog on whether or not winter is going to come for another six weeks. But we look at the scientific facts about global warming and we're like, meh, it's not our fault. 
<laughs> that's not real. Yeah. yeah, I know. But but the groundhog, he said there's a <laughs> It's because yeah. he has a Snapchat account. See, it's, if, uh, if, if the global warming had a Snapchat account, we'd all believe it. <laughs> well, that's true because anything that happens on Snapchat, that's reality right there. <laughs> Fact. I mean, if you were to follow me on Snapchat, you know, Dr. Angelique on Snapchat, you would know, right? Like, you know, that's whatever's right. going on in that moment, that is what's happening. That's the real thing. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. That's so funny. But yeah, I'm super excited to talk about. Um, movement today because you know as people already know we're both therapists and um you're a physical therapist i'm speech therapist but you know just because we um design our therapies around different parts of the body doesn't mean that things aren't integrated and it's you know good for you no matter what it is that you're doing movement and that i think I don't know about you, but I tend to, with my clients, um, both my life coaching clients and my patients, I tend not to use the word exercise as much as I use the word movement. Because I think, in I don't know, in my opinion, this is your area, but I think that there's a little bit of distinction between those two, but also... I think that people have a negative connotation with exercise and maybe that keeps them from doing it, perhaps. Absolutely. If people see exercise as, as torture, as a way to torture their body into getting summer fit instead of something you should be doing every day to feel better. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those, the cheapest medicine that we have and the most effective medicine that we have, but the least used, it seems like. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, our, our days are designed around sitting. We have, you know, we, we sit on our way when we drive to work, we get to work and we sit in our chair all day. Maybe we get up and walk to the lunchroom to sit down and have our lunch and then we sit back the rest of the day and it's just and we go home and we usually sit in front of the TV and then we act like we're so tired from sitting all day. And one of the one of the things that I found really interesting, there's another therapist out there by the name of uh, Kelly Starrett. He he kind of has claimed that sitting is the new smoking. Basically, there's lots and lots of studies that um, sitting for X amount of hours per day actually increases your your risk for death by I, I think it was something crazy like the if you sit for several hours per day you lose like 10 percent of your life i don't know i'll have to, I'll have to find that um, statistic and put it in the show notes it just kind of blew my mind oh my gosh yeah definitely well i mean even though i kind of cringe to hear that but you know that's true because think about all the things that the the amount of time that we sit per day day after day um because movement moves our blood, it moves, you know, all those, those hormones, those endorphin hormones, and, um, you know, and, and a host of other things that if we're sitting day after day, we're losing all of that, you know, if we're not initiating movement beyond just short bursts to the refrigerator, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we do, we miss out on all the benefits that we get, not only in the immediate, but in the long term. Absolutely. And, and one of the things that kind of keeps people from moving is, is kind of like we talked about earlier is pain. People have such, we're such um, risk averse, like we, we're terrified of pain. We think that pain is, oh my gosh, something has, has torn up in my joint, it's torn up in my muscle. And a lot of people just have this misunderstanding of what pain is. And that's, that's what I see all the time in the clinic are these people who have been in pain for so long that they're actually afraid of movement. And that's actually the biggest limiting factor for them because um, as we all know, 
tissue heals it, no matter what after you damage tissue it's going to heal so uh, my, my favorite example is, is think about a paper cut if you if you cut your finger yeah you, there's tissue damage and of course it hurts really really bad even though it's a tiny little cut it's just a very sensitive area of the body but over time that tissue heals and because we can see that tissue heal the pain goes down we're like okay that area is better but for some reason it works a little bit different with people's um, something where they can't see is like their spine whenever they injure their back and they go get um, an image, which we'll, we'll kind of talk about that in a minute, how, I, how much I, I hate images because we rely on them so much. But when they go get an image and they hear things like, oh, you've, you've blown a disc or, oh, you've torn that, oh, you have this arthritis, they hear all these negative things and they, they get this nocebo effect kind of built up and they get this fear like, oh my gosh, my back, I have a back of an 80 year old. That's another one of my favorite ones. Um, just it just kind of breaks my heart when people come in and they're in their 50s and, and they're just so terrified of moving because they've been told all these negative things but they were never told hey guess what 80 to 90 percent of disc herniations are actually reabsorbed naturally by the body they think they have to get surgery they think they have to do all this for their internal injury to heal but they don't think about it kind of like the paper cut we talked about where everything that is damaged will eventually heal over time mm-hmm. yeah and and that makes a lot of sense um when I think back on, on people that I've known in the past and, you know, even myself, I recall getting a really bad, um, <laughs> like really injured my knee bad. I had just actually started um, walking and was in the, in the process of training, you know, running, because I was running some mar- half marathons. And I remember falling like right on my knee, direct impact, just boom. And it hurt so bad (laughs) and my leg bruised up like all the way up my leg and down my leg and my kneecap was this bubble of fluid and um you know i i was kind of in that determined mode where i was like well yeah this really hurts and this sucks but dang it i'm in the middle of training (laughs) you know and maybe part of it like i did rest it some and i iced it and all the stuff but you know I, I didn't want to, uh, the stubborn part of me did not want to stop my training. And it could be because I knew physical therapists, obviously, I work with you guys, you know. Um, so I wasn't as afraid, uh, as afraid as maybe some other people might. They might have seen that injury. It's like, oh, well, now I'm laid up. I'm going to, now I can't train and lose, you know, eight weeks. Because it, it was a while before it went down. Mm-hmm. I had a nurse look at it and she's like, mm, maybe I'll get an x-ray. And I'm like, no, I think I'm fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure if I was smart or not, but in the end, it was okay. Um, but I do think that people get scared off because they get the injury, and especially if it's told to them to where it, it's this big medical term and it sounds scary, mm-hmm. they're afraid to do anything because they don't want to do further damage. But maybe they're not getting the correct information or the correct um, you know, referral to a physical therapist mm-hmm. um, who could actually work them through that and get them to a point where not only are they healing appropriately, but doing exercises that are still appropriate and keeping that, because you need that blood flowing in order to heal, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the, the, the old method was kind of like you said, like we, we rice it, you know, we rest, we ice, we compress and we elevate it. One of the, the newer methodologies is, yeah, of course you want to rest it and you want to ice it at the proper times. But once it's kind of past that initial inflammatory phase within a couple of weeks, you really want to start optimally loading it. So if they've turned it into the police method to where you have the pressure, optimal loading, ice, compression, and I've lost what the rest of them stand for, but it's basically the same thing as, as the rice method where the, the new element is basically optimal loading because 
tissues heal faster whenever they're 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 loaded versus just sitting there in and are in like a say a brace for so long but i mean there is a certain amount of time like if you fractured your wrist or you fractured a bone in your body yeah you do want to make sure it doesn't move for a while for that body to heal so mm -hmm. acute pain is a little bit different than chronic pain like whenever you fell on your knee and your knee hurt that pain was a good thing your that pain was there to say hey you fell on your knee there's a lot of tissue damage going on so let's take it a little bit easier but you did the smart thing you're like hey let's rest for a little while but i want to start moving again and kind of help it heal in that healing process, which was is what a lot of people are afraid to do. And I think that's the missing link. They go from this, like you said, they go and get an image and they're told, oh, this all this damage is going on, don't do this. But there's a gap between don't do this and start to do this. You know, mm -hmm. they never get that, that new message of, oh, go ahead and start walking, go ahead and start moving because that's gonna help heal it. Right, because I mean, you do have to rest. I mean, just in general, like that's that's, part of our reparation process as human beings, you know, is we, we have to rest and restore and repair, you know, the damages done in just our daily lives, right? You know, but on, on something like that, there has to be a, a level of rest that you exceed perhaps before you start maybe, I don't know, either doing more damage or certainly not facilitating wellness. Because I think with muscles and such, you know, again, you could speak to this more, but you would get a certain level of atrophy. Mm -hmm. would, yeah. Know, that's not good. No, not at all. It, it, it doesn't take very long for muscles to atrophy. I think it takes, you lose like 30% of your strength within one to two weeks of not doing um, an activity versus mm -hmm. taking at least four to six weeks for any type of hypertrophy where that muscle building occurs. So it mm -hmm. takes almost twice as long to build up the muscle as it does to lose the muscle. So that's why that movement is important. And you see a lot of times, um, I saw this great post the other day, they had this division one college athlete who fractured their foot and the doctor was like, oh, I don't want them to do any activity, even though they were fully weight bearing on that foot. And the therapist was like, hey, this is a D1 college athlete. Their, you know, their aerobic capacity is way up here. They're physically fit everywhere else. And they're going to lose all that if she sits around for six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks without doing anything. So, um, and, and that's one of the things people don't understand that even if you injure one area, you can continue to exercise in other areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I've, I've experienced that. Um, <laughs> when um, I told you, uh, maybe I've mentioned it in other podcasts, but I do aerial yoga. And, um, you know, there, if I take like, if I miss a few classes, I, I'm not back to square one, but I definitely can tell I'm not up to the same level because it's it's a very high level weight bearing exercise and um you know when i'm hoisting my butt up there you know <laughs> I kind of have a lot of strength in my arms and in my grip and it only takes a few weeks for me to feel the difference so yeah exactly what you said and that didn't surprise me actually that you gave it that time frame because i'm like yeah i think i've probably experienced that a few times you know where i'm like ooh, I feel like my grip isn't as strong i don't think i'm going to do this particular pose right away let me build it back up so yeah that's a that's a really awesome point do you think there's a difference between um you know i don't know how do i want to phrase this like i don't know that doctors really know this <laughs> you know i think they know to protect a person with their injury, but it doesn't seem to me that they really encourage um, their patients to seek either, again, physical therapy or to do something maybe just mild, you know, some, again, to encourage that movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what I see is 
the physicians do what they know. They, they know how to get that person from that acute phase to the subacute phase. So a little bit of healing has gone on and they're not in that immediate, you know, 10 out of 10 emergency room pain anymore, but they're doing a little better. But at that point, the physician's like, oh, they're gonna go back to their normal activities or oh, they're gonna start incorporating optimal loading, but they don't really tell the patient that it's okay to do that or don't really know how to do that. So they're like, yeah, just go back to your normal duties. But this patient, all they've heard is don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. They haven't heard the, it's okay to start doing this. And that's that's why I, I really, I wish that more of those you know injuries that, oh, it's just a mild ankle sprain, send them to the therapist and have the therapist do like a quick evaluation hey, everything's good to go. These are some activities you can do. And after one to two sessions, that person is much more confident and is actually getting out there and doing those things that they need to, to prevent that injury from coming back. Yeah. And I know that part of what we're doing is we really want people to be educated so that they can go into their doctors if they have something like this, that they can say, hey, you know, I know that you know, some low level movement um, would be good for me. What do you suggest? And if the doctor's, you know, confounded by that question, you know, for them to be empowered enough to say, hey, could you refer me to a physical therapist? Or I don't know if there's a, I know there's a difference between a sports medicine person and um, a physical therapist, but I'm sure there's got to be, you know, some crossover so that they're more specialized. So if this person's more active, you know, perhaps maybe that's a better, um, referral, I don't know, but, but basically our person, the, the patient being empowered to speak on their own behalf to say, you know, listen, I, I appreciate what you're doing, but I also know that I want to be more well than perhaps maybe you, you know, maybe want me to be, you know, um, because I think doctors still aren't quite up to that level of, of knowledge that they need to be um, in my opinion, I think, you know, it's kind of what we're doing, um, to where they are more of a patient advocate. Mm-hmm. And we have to advocate for ourselves in, in that instance. So maybe people doing their own research. Um, and certainly, like I said, asking their doctor, pressing their doctor for, for more, more than just that, that subacute, those, those referrals and stuff. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of like where you and I come in is, is where we talked about a lot of times the medical system is set up to get these people out of sickness, but not into health and wellness. You know, it's, it's the people going back to their everyday, what led to this chronic sickness versus, Hey, they're out of this chronic sickness. Let's get them actually well and moving better. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of the gap that we see right now. And I think that's, that's going to be the future of healthcare is, is more into the prevention and keeping the healthy people healthy versus just treating the sick. Because right now, insurance doesn't want to pay for healthy people. They're like, oh, you're healthy. You don't, you don't need to go see your doctor. You don't need to you know, go to the gym and help us or we'll help you pay for that. It's just you're not sick at this point in time, so we don't care. You know? But they're still going to charge you the same in insurance premiums. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we don't really get many benefits for being um, consist- chronically well. <laughs> not at all. That's definitely something that I know that we hope to change. And, um, and I think it really starts by giving people the tools and the knowledge and the empowerment so that they can advocate for themselves. Um, I I definitely feel really strongly about that because if we don't take it to our doctors and our other healthcare practitioners and say, Hey, I'm expecting a little bit more, nothing really will change. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I I will make one note that all 50 States have some form of direct access to PT. So, um, a lot of times, I know in Missouri specifically, like if someone off the street wanted to come see me, 
I could see them for that initial evaluation. I can say, hey, yeah, I think you'd be a great candidate for therapists. And then I could send that back over to the physician and say, hey, this patient wants physical therapy. What do you think? And a lot of times um, that kind of cuts out the having to go see the physician right away. You can come to the therapist and be like, hey, do you think I'm a candidate for therapy? And I could be like, not really. You don't really need me. Everything's looking great. Just do these couple of things. Or if they're, you know, if they have enough pain and, and movement issues that I think I could help them, and I could send it back to their doctor. So there, there are other ways that a lot of people don't know about that the public really hasn't been educated on. Oh, see, that's very good. See, we need you out on the corner doing screenings and stuff. That's right. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I think that therapy in general, um, perhaps they even need additional education because I think that um, we are so used to treating whomever the doctor sends us and um, I know in your case, your turnover is a little bit higher because of the population and, and such that you're serving. Um, but yeah, if we don't, if we don't give them, you know, those tools to say, okay, you can do more, you know, yes, I know your doctor sent me, sent you me, sent me, sent you to me. There we go. Um, you know, for this one thing, but let's look at these other things too. So I think if, you know, sometimes we're the only advocate for that patient, right? You know? Mm -hmm. So I think the more that, that us other therapists know, the better, because not, like I said, if someone comes in and they're in a wheelchair, but I'm treating them for swallowing or for cognition or whatever, I'm still going to look at their positioning and, and how much are you moving? Cause that's going to affect their cognition. That's going to affect the muscles for swallowing, believe it or not. Absolutely. Um, you know, so it's, it's really an integrative thing. And, and again, that's all what we're all about. It's top down inside out. Absolutely. Yeah. Treat the whole person and not just the diagnosis. I a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. And, and so the, the, like kind of hopping on top of the, the people that, that show up at the clinic that have all these issues. One of the, one of the things that I really like to educate, or I, I encourage people to basically start some type of aerobic program. Um, a lot of these people that do come to me with these chronic issues, like we talked about, they, they like to sit too much throughout the day and they're, they're afraid to get out there and walk. But I encourage everyone who is dealing with these chronic uh, back, especially chronic low back pain issues, start to incorporate a, a 30 minute walking program at least three times a week. That's, it's a great way to um, get a little bit of those body's natural painkillers. The body releases the, you know, endorphins and keflins, all these other hormones that make us feel better. Um, I mean, especially on days like today, when it's really nice outside, talk oh. about de-stressing, talk about getting fresh air and sleeping better that night, getting that aerobic conditioning going on. Um, that's, that's one of my favorite programs to start people on. They're like, Hey, what do I need? What can you do to fix me? I'm like, well, you're going to fix yourself by doing X, Y, and Z. And one of those, one of those things is to get out there and walk for 30 minutes, three times a week. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, that sounds so simple, right? And it is, it is. But I think sometimes people think, well, that's, that's it. That's too easy. But then they also don't want to do <laughs> the harder stuff, but that, you know, that is really I don't know. I guess that's like the 101 of movement because we're all walking anyway, right? I mean, mm -hmm. for the most part, I mean, we we have motion. We're walking. We're running. We're, you know, kids are you know, jumping and I mean, there's all these things that we can do with our legs that you know really doesn't um, isn't gonna be inconvenient for us. You know, even just walking down around the block, you know, I don't know, there's, there's parks galore. There's always something we can do. And it's, I agree with you that 
when, especially when the day is really nice, that makes it even better. But even when it's not, I know I always feel better even when it's cold outside because you start warming up pretty quick once you start walking. Exactly. Unless there's ice on the ground, I, I encourage you to get out and walk. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. But even if um, you mentioned sitting real quick and, um, you know, can people do some things just by sitting to, to infuse some movement? Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's even uh, specialty gyms out there that do seated uh, exercises. There's, uh, there's all sorts of, I mean, YouTube is a great resource. You go on there and there's all sorts of chair stretches you can do. Um, most of the time I encourage people who are sitting to move their body opposite of what, you know, what your body looks like when you're sitting. So you're kind of slouched forward, your hips are, or your knees are bent and your hips are up to your chest. So, um, just extending your back and then stretching your knees out all the way and then getting those hips back into extension. I know a lot of people don't know what extension is, but basically away from your chest is, is just a, a good thing to do throughout the day to prevent that that onset of muscle tightness and on all this stuff that occurs while you're sitting. Yeah. I know that we do some mini movement Mondays. Um, well, we don't just do some, we do all of them. <laughs> so our mini movement Mondays that you can find on our website, uh, 3M wellness and also on our Instagrams, um, Dr. Angelique and uh, Doc Martin DPT. <laughs> I always have to remember yours. It'll be in the show notes. Don't worry. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, we are always like, is that yours? I don't know. Is there underscore? <laughs> I'm like, never mind. Just put it in the show notes. <laughs> um, but, you know, we are always talking about ways for people to just infuse a little bit. Like, even if you don't have a full scale routine that you do, if just a couple times a day you stretch those arms and we, you get up and you bend forward, it doesn't matter if you touch your toes. It only matters that you're, that you're like you said, going the opposite direction clasping your hands behind your back and pulling them up or, you know, hands above your head, you know, all these different things that you can be doing um, that only just take a few minutes and um, they allow you. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'm not. Sure what's I, don't, I don't think that's my cats. No. <laughs> sitting or dog sitting my son's, my oldest son's dog. And so now she's, his dog riling at mine. So anyway, so sorry. Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what these podcasts are about. They're just going to be random sometimes, random things happening. But yeah, we do these mini movement Mondays with the intention of people to, you know, come across it and go, Oh my gosh, I never thought about just, you know, doing like circles with my head, you know, because that helps move that, you know, cerebral spinal fluid around and you know, we don't necessarily deconstruct ourselves to think of all these things that um, are within us that moving that stuff around makes a massive difference in the way we feel and the way we move, our overall range of mo motion, right? Absolutely. Yeah. If, if you don't use it, you lose it. That's, yeah. that's the simplest way of thinking about it. And um, yeah, well, I'll definitely make a link to those mini movement Mondays and um, start posting more videos with those and link to other resources out there from other uh, great therapists that I even follow myself. And I'm like, man, I never even thought about that. So um, mm -hmm. us therapists don't know it all. And I'm, I'm definitely a, um, a person who likes to continually learn. And I'm always out there looking for new ways to move. I think it's mm -hmm. awesome. And then we want to pass on that knowledge because we love you guys and we rock like that. That's right. <laughs> Well, I know we've just chatted and chatted and chatted, and I hope that, you know, everybody is, um, who's listening out there, I hope that they're really enjoying this. And of course, you know, we want to hear from you guys too. We want to, you know, hear your experiences. Um, if you have 
questions, we'd love for you to contact us um, either in the, uh, the comment section of the podcast or, um, or contact us available um, that you can find all these places that you can find us and ways that you can contact us um, in the show notes. But um, yeah, we, we are really interested in, in your, everybody's health and wellness. And, you know, this isn't, you know, it's not a luxury, you know, it, this, this is us, this is the way we operate. And so we want, we want you guys to be um, feeling it and experiencing it because it really, a little bit goes a long way and it makes a huge difference in your quality of life. Absolutely. So um, yeah, make sure you check out the show notes. I'll definitely put in a couple of interesting studies. Like we talked about images and MRIs and all that fun stuff. And I, I could do a whole nother podcast on just images, but I'm going to, I'm going to put an infographic up there that I would encourage everybody to look at that talks about how things such as hundred percent of people um, in their sixties have osteoarthritis or arthritis and their facets of their spine. So whenever you get that finding back, whenever you go get an x-ray or an MRI, don't be surprised. That's actually a normal finding. And another thing that I'm going to link in there is a quick five minute explanation of what chronic pain is and how it differs from acute pain. So make sure you check those out and we will see you all back on episode six. Sounds good. Bye guys. <laughs>